We're back here at J. Tom Lawler Rink on the campus of Merrimack College with the score at the end of the first period of play, UNH 1 and Merrimack nothing. Uh, this is Mike Mackin alongside John Leahy. Tonight's first intermission is always sponsored by Under Armour. And we are pleased to be joined this first intermission by the outstanding play-by-play man for uh, Mike Murphy as he turns around to see who we're talking about. Of course we're talking about you, Mike. Uh, but uh, that first period, I thought, uh, pretty much what we expected, I would say, going in. With, with the one exception, I would say, is that I, I thought the compete level of both teams was even higher than I thought it might be going in. I mean, right from the get-go, you know, these both of these teams were were pretty determined and, and trying their best to try to win this game. It's great. It's almost, almost like a playoff type of atmosphere. Yeah, that's what we were saying in our broadcast as well, Mike. Thanks for having me on, by the way. And you, you guys talked to Mike Souza before the game, and he said he told his guys, you have to start on time, which sounds like an obvious thing, but you can't... When you play a game at the Whittemore Center, you normally see the teams feel each other out with a couple of shifts, but here, I remember we took a break, like at 3.14 in, and I was already exhausted. We already had one Merrimack power play, and bids back and forth. This game comes at you fast here, and with the band and the students in attendance, it had everything you want in the playoff atmosphere. You know, both teams are playing, I think, with a lot of confidence right now, even though they've been off for a couple of weeks here. Uh, it's been two weeks since UNH played, uh, ten days, I think, since Merrimack with that game against UConn. Ironically, both clubs, that uh, last game was against UConn. Ironically, both clubs lost their last game against UConn. But two pretty evenly matched clubs, I thought, coming in here, and they both played themselves in position here uh, through the month of January by playing as well as they have, where both clubs are really within reach, I would say, of, of top four or maybe even top five uh, you know, for a bye in the first round of the tournament. Yeah, Merrimack certainly has a better angle because it's a little deceiving seeing how close the records are because UNH had a couple of overtime wins, but that being said, with that many games up short, there's no reason to think you're not aiming for the ice. In this league, though, you just have to scrap every time you have a chance, and that's what it is. It's a battle. You're right. The fact that they both had five-game winning streaks snapped by the same team the same week, and their records are identical. Their head coaches will always be compared to each other because they started the same time. Scott Borick has such a connection at UNH. So it's a nice rivalry. I think you can safely call this a rivalry, a middle-of-the-pack rivalry, but other people have their bean pots. But I'll take UNH and Merrimack because it brings a lot of exciting games. UConn uh, lost on the XL Center. You're going to play them tomorrow night at home. What did you learn from that game uh, that helps you prepare for tomorrow night's home game? Yeah, UConn, they're big, physical, and, uh, you know, they, the Wildcats almost came away with two wins down there, which I hadn't seen a win from that vantage point in a long time, you know, the XL Center. So that's tough. Mike Cavanaugh and uh, Coach Souza are very close friends. Of course, Coach Souza was at UConn before he came back to uh, work for Dick Humilian and take over for him. But you know, I kind of wish this were the weekend series. You know, we'll see you guys again the 26th, but uh, we'll be ready. It should be a big crowd, much like you guys have tonight. The students haven't been there in a while and have the student body back with the team playing as well as it has. You know, it seems like a lifetime ago, early December, when they went to Christmas break, one age was struggling, scuffling a bit, but the change in the calendar has changed the fortunes. So I think a team that's played well on home ice already should have a strong showing tomorrow. I want to get your take on a couple of issues. Uh, your perspective, basically, first of all, uh, you know, as we're well into the uh, second year, I'd say, of the uh, the change in format where you now have the uh, the overtime and the shootouts and, of course, the three-on-three overtime. Uh, what's your take on it? Do you like it? Would you like to see anything tweaked and so on? I'm not a big fan of the shootouts, you know, because it's empty calories sometimes. Just twice UNH beat Merrimack in shootouts, and yet they're tied, right? Uh, I, I think a 
tie is okay once in a while. Uh, plus, the point system sometimes scratches your head. If you want to be able to look at records and say, okay, they're one game different. Well, as we talked about earlier, overtime wins are different regulation wins. But I understand if the fans themselves or teams themselves, when you win a shootout, you feel like you won. And so you get back in the bus or you go back in the locker room and you have that sense of accomplishment. So I understand why it's there. If you ask my opinion, I'm just not a huge fan. So what do you think about this thing? Because I was thinking about this, too. I, I don't like, so I'll just come right out and say, I don't like the three-on-three because three, that's not the same as it's not regular hockey, in my opinion. I don't like the shootout for you know similar reasons, deciding a game like that. But at the same time, you know, if you're going to go and say, well, we're trying to follow the NHL's lead, you know, do it the way that they do it, maybe you should just go do the same thing. You know, you win. Everybody gets a point if you go to overtime. If you win either in overtime or the shootout, you get two points. Would that be easier for the fans to understand? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think the fans understand when they're sitting down and watching it, it's exciting and reactive. When it's three on three, it's different, but it's entertaining, and it is the entertainment business, so it's, it's not going away for the reasons you brought Talking with Mike Murphy, you're from UNH Radio, also call the games on TV as well, and a score at the end of one period is UNH 1 and Merrimack nothing. Uh, elsewhere, word today that the Winter Classic's been awarded to Boston again. It'll be back in Boston next year, so what do you think? We're going to have fen- uh, Frozen Fenway again? I think these two teams would be great playing at Fenway Park, and everyone's thrilled. You know, that we've been there. Anytime you have a special event, and especially right there at Fenway Park, the most iconic baseball stadium, and now it's, it's been associated with hockey and college hockey. So Commissioner Metcalf and everybody else who was part of that, I, I tip my cap because that's something that should be a regular thing and it's so special for the players to get the opportunity to play there. Yeah, it's been a while, like 2016 I think maybe since the last one or 2017 around that time. And you know, in my opinion, those events are they're really for two groups of people, right? They're for the they're for the players uh, who get a chance to play in that kind of environment, also for the fans to get to go and see their team play in that environment. So why not just open it up to as many teams as possible? and let everybody play there. Yeah, I don't think it gets old because the players, they change every four years, and so to get the opportunity, much like the friendship for going out to, to Northern Ireland, just any opportunity to make a special event that people pay attention to is great for the sport. Uh, again, our score is one to nothing. UNH uh, at the end of that first period, there kind of a turnabout. There, Merrimack was having the better of the play. They'd been uh, held to just one or two shots for most of the period, and uh, they were actually able to get some chances there. Hit a couple of posts in the period as well. Zach Vanell a chance there off the post, but then on the four on four, the ensuing four on four, UNH able to force a turnover and take advantage of it. And you know, sometimes when you're not playing your best or you're getting outplayed a little, you can still make a good play and score a goal. And that's how UNH has the lead here. It is strange, right? Because everything you described was happening. Merrimack was coming at Mike Robinson. The pipe was his best friend a couple of times. And then you had that four-on-four. And a couple of defensemen who don't often get into the score column team up. Aaron's in the great feed to Luke Reed. And that's been part of the success is that UNH is getting point production from younger players, but also the blue line. You know, Colton George was the defender of the month, and he's only a freshman in a huge January. You're seeing him even in his stick handling coming through the neutral zone into the offensive end. UNH was lacking that the last few years. Guys being able to produce from the blue line and be part of the offense. And it really has turned around the 
Yeah, Kiefer UNH here, I think, during this stretch in January and now into February. Uh, similar to Merrimack, too, I would say, in some ways. But for UNH, they really seem to be committed to the to the team defense that, that they need to play. You can see it on the uh, on the shorthand. You can see it even at even strength. It was real tough to get pucks through. And a lot of times, when they did, you know, keep it simple, right? A lot of times, when UNH would then get possession in the zone, don't waste any time. Let's get it up ice, you know, get on the transition, move the puck up ice, and, and that led to some scoring chances. You, you, you escape the first period without trailing here, you've done something, because the shock of playing in this, you can prepare yourself and say, hey, it's going to come at you quick off the boards and around the corners, but until you get out there and really experience it, if you want to be up by one, I expect them to be even more acclimated for the start of the second period. Hey, quickly wanted to touch on this. Uh, we know we heard a year or two ago that uh, they're going to try to, uh, it's time to replace the refrigeration system at the width. They may reconfigure the uh, the ice surface as well. Uh, any update on that recently? It's certainly being talked about. There's a lot of stuff being discussed at the Whittemore Center, but the first thing is they absolutely, as you guys are aware, have to replace the refrigeration system. It's past its life expectancy, so a new system will be put into place. And when you're doing a major change like that, that's when you look at everything else. Yeah. And you say, well, what do we want to do? And there's been a lot of talk about, well, the Olympic size rink. I know the Olympics are going on now, but is it time to change the dimensions and get more to a quote-unquote NHL style? Uh, we'll find out soon because uh, you know, hopefully the season goes on into March, but after that, any changes will be made relatively quickly after the war. It's so long ago that the Whittemore Center was a state-of-the-art arena, right? Now you're looking at making some adjustments. Yeah, and showing its age. I mean, 1995 was kind of a long time ago, and you compare it Snively Arena to when the Witt was, you'd be surprised how the, the timetables uh, are similar. So, yes, it, from state-of-the-art to in need of a facelift, and I think we'll see some uh, nice amendments coming. Still a great facility, uh, but, but just to uh, just to follow up there, so the refrigeration system, that's happening this offseason? That is, yeah, yes, it needs to be replaced. So once you do that, then we'll see what other changes can be down the pipe. All right, great. Thanks a lot, Mike. We certainly appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck to you in the Wildcats tonight and the rest of the way. We'll see you again down the road. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Great. Always great to see Mike Murphy. He is the play-by-play voice of UNH Hockey. Our score after one is UNH 1. Merrimack nothing. Back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.